I'm Nell, your pleasure coach, and I'm here to kibosh the shame and fear society has around women and V-Squad's pleasure. This is Millennial Triggered. Kate is a client of mine turned friend, which I think that's against the law, but it's not since I'm a coach, not a therapist. Don't tell the law. Nobody <laughs> tell. Everybody, we're in the cone of silence. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hello, Kate. Welcome. I'm so excited that you're here today. Hello, um, sweet Nell. We have been talking a lot lately about life, and I'm really excited for you to be on the podcast because you have a really interesting story. And I, what I really like about your story is you're very grounded in it. And you also have like, um, a story that, well, it's, I think a lot of the times when we hear people, when they receive a diagnosis of something, they kind of, after there's some kind of buffering time, they kind of sugarcoat it. And I, you give like a good, you're, you're, you're earthy. (laughs) It's just my California, um, what's it called vocal fry (laughs) (laughs) do you know what that is I do know what that is yeah I only just learned about that a while ago and now I'm constantly concerned about it no like vocal fry is very cool I think it's like thank you so much (laughs) so um so Kate has been uh, diagnosed with herpes and how long has it been now that you've been living with it uh just over what year are we in? It's 2021, right? right? Okay, great. Um, just over two years. Okay. Yeah, two years and change. And and change. Okay, cool. And so you've had enough time to kind of settle into your diagnosis, <clears throat> kind of have like the freak out, and then settle into life. And now you have a partner, and so you're you're very well rounded in your experience of living with herpes now. Would yeah, you I'm say a seasoned so? vet. I'm a seasoned yeah. vet for sure. <laughs> I'm an old pro. Yeah. So, um, I'd love to just know if you could, um, introduce yourself a little bit to our audience. Like, who are you? Okay. We already know you live in California. You've shared that. Um, how did like, uh, well, I have the story of how we met, but I'd love to know <laughs> how you found me. Yikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so Zoinks. my name is Kate Zoink. <laughs> Wait, is it Zoink or Zoinks? It's Zoinks. Zoinks, yeah. Whatever. Um, so my name is Kate. I am 25. I mentioned I'm from California. Um, and I actually first found Nell through my best friend, Skylar. Um, we are both in long-term relationships and we often will call each other just frustrated about a long-term relationship dynamic. And, oh my God, you're going through this too. Um, so we had just had this conversation about sex in long-term relationships and um sky was on tiktok i was not because i am elderly have a life (laughs) (laughs) because i'm just i'm too old um i'm too old to know how to use it so 
um she would send me videos but I didn't have the app so I'd have to like watch them on the browser and it's just embarrassing um you can't like watch it again you have to open the link oh, really? every time yeah it's a oh, disaster anyway um so she your video came across her feed and she sent it to me and was like oh my god this is exactly what we were talking about um so I watched that video and then I downloaded TikTok (laughs) (laughs) really (laughs) did because I was like can you send me more of them and she's like I've had enough of you (laughs) um so I downloaded TikTok and I watched a few more of your videos and I was like oh my god I have just got to reach out to her and she's never gonna see it but I have to tell her what a blessing she is to me and to so many other people um so I did that I did reach out and just said hi sweet Nell I'm so proud of you and you don't know me but it doesn't matter because I'm still proud of you um (laughs) and I asked you a question about something I was going through and I was shocked that you responded um and you were sending me these voice messages and I was like oh my god I'll just call her (laughs) not realizing that like I don't know where you live in the world I don't know what you're doing um I believe it was close to midnight your time it was exactly midnight when you called that's a great (laughs) look (laughs) that's exactly what you want yeah you called me on Instagram um and I was like like a freak yeah I truly (laughs) truly it's like I was like what is happening what is this I'm gonna be murdered um yeah so we had this lovely little chat where Nell probably was fearing for her life um and she had explained to me oh you know your question requires a little bit more than I can give you at midnight um where I live so maybe you could sign up for a session and I was like oh my god you'll accept me (laughs) like I thought you were famous which I'm not wrong but I thought (laughs) I thought you were too famous for me I thought that there was absolutely no way that you would be accepting new clients so it truly did not even cross my mind I was like she doesn't work with peasants um but yet like you're okay to to force a call on me like she's too famous for me but we'll have a video call I'm not saying that any of this process made any sense whatsoever I'm just telling you how I feel um so anyway I was like oh my god brilliant I will go and sign up for a session um which I did. I signed up for three and we accomplished some goals of mine. And now we've just morphed into being wonderful friends. Um, But yeah, I definitely, being able to talk to you in a session setting really did help me process how much the diagnosis had affected my sexuality and Mm -hmm. affected my relationship and just the way that I see myself and my own hangups about my own body so for anybody listening she will accept you <laughs> she will accept <laughs> you as a client and I recommend that you absolutely run and get on her books that's She'll so sweet your life. Aww, I love that can I share well can you share quickly before we get into it just a little bit about the goal of yours that that you reached yes so I we'll get into why this is but I was a bit of a late bloomer as far as uh sexuality goes and I in my life never masturbated never had reached an orgasm 
by myself or with a partner. It just wasn't something that I had done. And I've been in a relationship for two years now. We just had our two-year anniversary at the end of April. And um, I told my boyfriend, Dante, that before we reached our second anniversary, it was a goal of mine to figure out how to orgasm. Because two years is a long time, you know? And it's not that our sex life isn't great. I I love it very much. I love him very much. But um, I really felt like, I had a lot of hangups um, that were preventing me from being able to get there by myself and with him. So he really supported me in that and uh, we achieved the goal. So great job. Another one for your record. This <laughs> is so great. Honestly, I all I got was like, no, can we have an emergency meeting right now? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, she's like, I, th- I think I had an orgasm. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I messaged you and was like, alert, alert. Alert, yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So, um, and something that was really fun, well, not fun, but really um healing for me was when I started doing um sessions with you. I myself was having uh I had a herpes scare. Um, and I thought that I might possibly have herpes. And um we got on call and you were like, Yeah, so I have herpes. And I was like, oh fuck. The universe knows how to like, tell me what's going on and, and connects me with the people I need to be connected with. And, um, you, the way you spoke about your diagnosis was so calming. Um, and that helped to calm me. Um, and then I later found out it was, um, it was just, uh, cysts on my vulva. Um, and so, um, which for the record, I also have, and I, we were still just, no, they're awful. They're, they're so really, annoying. I think they're cute. They're like little bumpies and, you know, they feel fun. Well, I, the first time I got one was, I was probably 15 or 16 and I absolutely panicked because I also was like, I've gotten STI and I had never had sex or even seen another person naked before. So I don't know how that would have occurred, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Um, and I called my mom into my room and was like, yeah. I need you to look at my vagina. And she That's was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I was like, well, you've made me. So um, yeah. I don't have any other options right now. And right. something is wrong. And she looked at it and she was like, oh, it's like an ingrown hair. So yeah. I popped it. <gasps> Were you in pain? I mean, no, but it's just not meant to be popped no. by your yeah. average Joe. You really should go to a doctor about yeah. that. They can drain them. Um, but I was too young and dumb to know that. So right. for all those out there, if you find a little bump that seems like it's maybe not an ingrown hair, maybe not a pimple, <laughs> certainly not a herpy, um, go to a doctor because they'll know and they can help you and you should not try to pop it yourself in your home. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it so much. Well, Madame Kate, would you mind sharing with us how your journey with herpes began? Then I'll play the harp. <laughs> We go back a long time. time ago in the year 1440 a woman named a high priestess named kate found out she had herpes there you go there's your intro dream sequence um right so i mentioned earlier i was a bit of a late bloomer yeah. as far as sexual activity goes i did have a a brief boyfriend in high school um 
you know, my first love, my first little heartbreak. Um, and then we broke up and went to college and I spent a long time recovering my, my little baby heart from that. And I know, (laughs) um, didn't date much in college, um, really until my senior year, I, I started going on a couple of dates, but I didn't really have any confidence in myself. I felt like, um, I've always been a fuller figured lady and I felt like I was just not what boys were looking for, which is so rude of me because there's <laughs> so many types of boys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't have the confidence in myself to be able to put myself out there. So it took me a while and I really don't know what was, I, well, I do actually, it was the first time that a boy really paid attention to me, I realized that someone could. Mm. Um, and that kind of flipped the switch for me. So after I graduated from college, I, you know, had some life events get in the way. And then about a year later is when I started thinking, okay, maybe it's time to try um, dating. So I signed myself up for Bumble <laughs> in late 2018. Um, and I dated a lot and I gained a lot of confidence through that. I realized that there were people out there who would appreciate my body for what it was and um, obviously appreciate who I am. I'm very funny so when like sometimes people will be like you're funny and I'm like yes (laughs) correct thank you thank you for noticing um so I dated a lot and in December of 2018 I had a date and I felt very comfortable with this man um it was our first date and I he was older than me not by much, but by a few years. And he assumed that we would be having sex and I wanted to. And I don't regret it. I didn't then, I don't now. It was the right time for me. I was 23. Um, And yeah, I think it went kind of as well as it could be. He was very respectful, made me feel very comfortable. Um, It wasn't the big deal that I thought it would be. You know, I thought it would be kind of one of those like game changers, <laughs> like, oh, you've swiped your V card and now you're a new woman. Um, <laughs> you leveled up. You you ate I, a mushroom right. on Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I I was surprised to the next day when I felt absolutely no different. Um, and after that, in the two consecutive months following that, I slept with two other partners. Um, and I think when I was in that place, I really felt like this is what I want to do. I feel safe and um, I shouldn't be ashamed to have sexual desires and needs. And um, I can meet those with whomever I feel is who I want um so I really just kind of went through this period of feeling like sexually liberated which is until I got herpes (laughs) (laughs) um 
so the third partner was not a wonderful experience he we had been on a couple of dates previously and I now can see that I was really trying to give him a reason to stay a reason to find value in me which I've only now learned in a healthy functioning relationship that I have other value that is beyond my body and that that really should be the priority so I believe in an attempt to um, maintain his attention he told me that he would stay longer if we had sex without a condom and I obliged I was he was much more sexually advanced than I was and um of the three experiences that was the one that I felt the least safe in Mm. um he really pushed me farther than I was willing to go did not listen to me when I said this doesn't feel right I was not properly lubricated because I was scared and um he was very rough with me so I didn't feel great when he left and for the few days following that I was quite sore um which I just chalked up to rough sex you know yeah he he wasn't very gentle with me so it was I felt sore enough that when I would sit down in my chair at work that I was like oh that's tender um for a few days and about I want to say it was five days later between five days and a week later um the soreness was getting worse and I had told two of my friends at work uh, co-workers that had become good friends something is not right I just I don't feel like it should still be hurting and one of my friends said well you could have a tear you know it's possible that this happens during rough sex when you're not properly lubricated you could mm-hmm. just have a tear um that's causing the soreness and I was like yeah I don't know man it just it really hurts and then a, about a day later it started to hurt when I peed so I was like oh I've got an STD <laughs> so there's really no other way out of this I assumed it was chlamydia I just in my minimal knowledge of STDs STIs I knew that chlamydia made it hurt to pee so I assumed well this is not ideal but let's go get it checked out um so I made an appointment at Planned Parenthood and I left on my lunch break one day to go it was uh very overwhelming I felt very alone and very scrutinized um but that was all of my own making the people there were lovely I just felt like oh a young girl sitting alone in a Planned Parenthood this probably doesn't look great but then again everybody else sitting there was also in Planned Parenthood yeah can I I just want to interrupt and um ask because I've had a few people reach out about like questions to Planned Parenthood and I live in Canada so I don't have those answers oh there's no Planned Parenthood in Canada no oh that's devastating (laughs) we have something called shore which 
um, acts like in similar, yeah, a similar um, format. But um, if you don't have insurance, are you still able to be to access Planned Parenthood? You sure are. You okay. sure are. They are an amazing resource. Okay. I think that's really important to know. And so you yeah. just call up, you just look up Planned Parenthood and then, and then you, you either what you, you call them up and they make an appointment for you, or you can make one on the site. How does that work? Yeah, I believe you can schedule online. I made an appointment over the phone because that is how I roll. Um, and they're lovely. They are, you know, very gentle with the people that come in. They know that it's a very vulnerable position to be in. Um, and if you do have insurance, you can use your insurance. And if you don't, then it's not a problem. Okay. Um, there's a copay, which I don't remember what it was. Or I guess it wouldn't be a copay if you don't have insurance. So just a lump sum that you pay. Okay. Um, and if you are underage, are you mm-hmm. still able to access that without a parent? That's a great question. I don't know. Okay. Because I was not underage, but yeah. um, I'm sure that we could find out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. I just wanted to ask that because um, a lot of people don't have those answers. So, okay. right. So you were in, back to your story. So you were in Planned Parenthood um, and feeling kind of like a stereotype. Right. Exactly. Um, so I was called back and I had a wonderful nurse practitioner that kind of walked me through, well, I walked her through what was I feeling and she suggested that we do a full STI panel. I had told her that I thought that it might be chlamydia and that I also suspected that I had a tear. Um, so she took a look at me and um, she drew a diagram of a vulva on a piece of paper, a very, a very crude drawing of a vulva. And she essentially pointed out that I had two um, sores. One was at the perineum, which would be an easy way to explain a tear. Um, That's where most women tear if they're going to. Um, And then there was one that was on my inner labia. So she explained (laughs) very sweetly that she would like to test those sores because, and I, again, was adamant, well, he's very rough. I think it, they might just be tears. And she said, well, I do think that the lower one is a tear or at least started as a tear. Um, but this one that's on the wall of your labia, it's not at a connecting point that would tear. And penises, even when erect, are still not sharp objects. (laughs) So so she basically was like, she was like, it's going to be pretty hard for a penis. Right, exactly. Which I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Um, So she said, well, I'd like to do a herpes test which is going to be painful. And I was like, all right, well, do your thing. You know, it's going to be fine. I'm a woman. I have periods. It's fine. Um, How bad could it really be? So she took very long cotton swabs, essentially, and 
unfortunately, <laughs> what they have to do is jam the head of the cotton swab into the center of the sore very deeply and twist it in a circle uh, at least three times. So I really was not prepared for the amount of pain that was going to come with that. Um, hurt real bad. Mm-mm. But she tested both of the sores, which only made the pain worse for the days following, and said that I would be able to access my results in a few days on the portal. Um, they also just did a routine pregnancy test just to make okay. sure yeah. everything was all good. Um, and I was sent back to work to wait. Um, like I said, sitting at sitting at my desk was so painful and it was only worse following that um so I just dealt with it I didn't do much looking around um on my own what were your emotions like brutal brutal I just well I mean first of all I thought in my mind there's absolutely no way this is a herpy because if I if I would have noticed, I would have noticed if there was an active sore on somebody that I was having sex with. Um, So there's, how would I have contracted it? You know, I'm not, I mean, I'm a little dumb, but I'm not that dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I figured this is chlamydia. That sucks. How embarrassing to have chlamydia, you know, that is like so easily cured, whatever. Um, So I just waited. Um, were your like the feelings about yourself and your worth were they starting to kind of change during that time that period honestly not yet because I don't think that I expected it to be a lifelong diagnosis I thought that it would be something that would be cleared up in a bit of an embarrassing story that I would be able to tell at parties when I became more comfortable. right okay um so no not yet um, and had you I, called anyone for support did you do this all alone no so I had two friends at work who were absolutely wonderful um they also though had no real expectation that it would be herpes there was that was actually never really a part of the conversation so I had them and then I had um one of my best friends Rachel who I had been talking to from the day that I had had sex just we'd gone through the whole thing of oh that wasn't good oh I don't like him he's not very nice and then oh I'm still sore this is kind of weird I'm gonna go they did a herpes or they did a herpes test and they did a STD panel um so she was just kind of along for the ride (laughs) honestly um so yeah I had people to talk to but it was I was tested on the 8th of the month and I got the results back on the 14th wow okay so I believe there was a weekend included in there so makes sense um I got the results whilst I was at work so I was just sitting at my desk but I was a receptionist so I was alone I was just in the downstairs part of the building by myself um so in a way it was quite private and I read it and it said positive for HSV one, HSV type one, herpes simplex virus type one. And I remember in that moment kind of swallowing hard and being like, okay, okay. 
well, that's not what you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. And I immediately told Rachel and I immediately told my two coworker friends who had been aware of where I was going and trying to talk me off the ledge, basically saying it was all going to be fine. And I cried a bit. Um, but I was at work, so I could only shed a few tears and oh, then wipe them away and continue on. Luckily, it was towards the end of the day. So I went home maybe an hour or two later and crawled into my bed and cried for many days. Um, my roommate at the time was very, very lovely about it. She really just, the first thing that she said was, I'm pretty sure like everybody has herpes it's <laughs> really yeah not I don't think that this is gonna be like a life changer and she actually had oral herpes so okay. she she, <laughs> she changed the name of our apartment we had like a little um one of those little message boards that you can put in the little letters Do you know what I'm talking about oh yeah 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 um like a light we, box yeah but without lights the light. yeah okay so yeah we had one of those that uh it said welcome to the hip-hop hideaway so she changed it to welcome to the earth <laughs> so that's sweet that's so important like the fact that one of like one of the first um people that you were talking to after the diagnosis what that was the reaction you know to that yeah. yeah I mean to add some humor to it and change kind of change that um that like it to be from negative to positive <laughs> right. unintended um okay you know what <laughs> <laughs> i came um, here to have a good time and i'm honestly <laughs> <so attacked. laughs> I, I just know it's really i think that makes a huge difference in how things play out yeah totally um so between her and my coworker tara and my friend Rachel, um, they all did a great job of reassuring me that my life was not over, that, you know, this is very common. A lot of people deal with it. Um, and I began the process of kind of telling my close friends. Um, so Rachel, be before you started sorry. to tell your friends, did you like, did you have a follow-up appointment with the doctor? to learn how to handle it and like receive your medication, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I don't remember, uh, how shortly thereafter that second appointment was, but it was relatively close. It had to have been within a day or so after getting that. Um, and again, they were lovely. They, I had a different nurse practitioner who walked me through everything and, um, she gave me some best practices and resources. She recommended that I check out the CDC website. Um, it's a very non-emotional resource page. So it's really just the facts. It really um, takes the doomsday feeling away from it. And it's just, here's the cold hard facts. Here's everything that you need to know, the statistics. Um, she told me that approximately 75 to 80% of the adult population, um, at least in the United States, has herpes one way or another. Oh. So that could be oral or 
uh, genital. She let me know that there are two types of herpes. There's HSV-1 and HSV-2. And it previously was thought that, <clears throat> that HSV-1 was only for oral herpes and the HSV-2 was only for genital herpes, but they had since learned that there's quite a bit of crossover and you can get either type in either place. So I have HSV-1 genitally. So now does that mean that if um, someone who has herpes orally mm -hmm. is having a breakout and they are you know, let's say going down on someone, but they could spread that herpes and then that could become genital herpes for that person, the other person. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of fun facts. <laughs> yeah, really. Transfer works. Um, yeah. So that's really the main thing. Cause people will say, oh, you have, uh, you have HSV one, but that's only the oral type. And it's like, right. nope, you can actually get it right. either place. Um, it's just as transmissible. They say that HSV-1 is the more mild type. Um, I don't know how true that is. Um, you can, you get outbreaks with both of them, so it doesn't right. really matter. Right. What she told me was that they were going to put me on a uh, drug called, I think it's a steroid? No, I'm not clear. It's called acyclovir. And essentially she, oh, it's an antiviral okay. <laughs> it's not a steroid. That makes sense. It's a virus. Um, it's an antiviral medication. And she essentially said, you're going to take a 10 day sequence of this, um, where you'll take these pills multiple times a day. I don't remember how many times a day, but at least three. Um, wow. and she said that essentially, because it's at the beginning of your first outbreak, if you take acyclovir starting now it will decrease your viral load and what that means is that future breakouts will be uh less awful <laughs> than this one is um it's possible that they will come less frequently do you hear the siren going yeah but it's nice <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> Um, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to keep that in now. <laughs> um, so she said that it can decrease the viral load, that you your future breakouts will be less severe. And well, it's possible that they could be less severe. It's not a surefire thing, but there's a possibility they will be less severe when they occur. They may occur less frequently and that if you get less than six breakouts within the first year it's likely that you will have very few and they will be very far between wow so all things to look forward to <laughs> yeah clearly um yeah so she gave me a couple of pamphlets um the one thing that she really made sure to drive home is that the absolute worst part of herpes is the stigma Mm. Um, it's very manageable, very livable. Um, you will be fine is what she said. And the worst part is that you have to reckon with having a virus that will not go away. There's currently no cure for it. So it's hard to be diagnosed with something that is lifelong, but it will not impact your day to day. It won't. And you'll get to a point where you will forget about it. 
So I had that to look forward to. And I really did hold out hope for the day that I would forget. Yeah. Um, she also let me know as far as safe practices for having sex moving forward. Um, the disclosure is very important that you must let your partners know mm-hmm. that you do have it. And I believe it is actually it can be actionable if you have sex knowing that you have herpes and you don't tell somebody Yeah, that can be considered um, sexual assault and they can sue you. So you really need to be careful about that. Um, it's for your own protection and for your partners. So it's very important to do that. Um, so did you, after you received your diagnosis, <laughs> did you get back in contact with that guy? Yeah, immediately. So when I, actually got tested the first time for an STI panel I wrote him and said I just want to let you know um I went in because some weird things were happening and they're running a full panel but also they are testing me for herpes so you might want to get tested and he was on a trip and said that he would let me know when he got back but that he was sure he didn't have herpes because he gets routinely tested and uh, there's no way. Which, here's the fun part about herpes. It can be very difficult to detect in tests. So a surefire way to figure it out is if you have an open sore. And that's where that painful Q-tip twisting comes in. But uh, if you do a blood panel, it's not always going to show up even when you have it. And 80% of adults that do have herpes don't know that they have it. Um, It can be carried in your system and you just, it never presents itself. So you're not aware. And unless you have an active breakout, it's usually not even tested for in um, STI panels because they'll usually just do a urine test. So it's pretty hard to know and you could be transferring it all around and never know it. Um, so once you do have that breakout, real important to get tested, take that opportunity, but, um, it's very possible that one of those partners, and I don't know which it is because here's the thing you can get it, whether or not you use protection. And that's the tough part. You can, you can get it when there's no active outbreak, and you can get it whether or not you're using a condom. So how does that or, work? You mean, so there needs to be genital touching, like some rubbing right. up against each other. Mm-hmm. And that's super common when people are yeah. getting frisky. Right. Uh, yeah. So okay. there's a period before an outbreak called viral shedding. Mm. And it also can happen without an outbreak ever occurring. But it essentially is just an invisible time when your body has your viral load present uh, at the point of contact. So you may never know that you have it. You may never know that you're shedding. And um, it's not just, for instance, if you're a man, it is not just on your actual shaft of your penis. It is all around your genital area. So if you can't put a condom over your balls and over your pelvis, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's tricky. Um, So any of that contact can also transfer it. Right. Like you know, it's said. really interesting to hear that though, because like, I, if anything, like I hope listeners who are dealing with diagnosis right now, um, can maybe take a little bit of the weight of like the pressure off their shoulders, because I think a lot of people 
play like that loop back. Like, how could I have done this differently? I didn't realize, or have I betrayed my partner because I didn't realize, and I could have, I could have done something ahead of time. And, and basically it's kind of like, well, it's kind of a free for all. It's a bit of a shit show in terms of knowing what's happening. And so, um, I think that alone is really empowering for anyone who is dealing with herpes to know that sometimes you just can't, you can't know sometimes you you've can't. done I mean, everything it's a virus right it's yeah. a virus it doesn't discriminate and it, it's not gonna be like oh you know what I was gonna infect you but you used a condom so I'm <laughs> right. gonna just I'll try my shot next time right. like it doesn't care it's a virus right um so yeah it's really it it can happen no matter how safe you are unfortunately yeah. um okay. it's just one of those risks of being sexually active yeah So then once you received your diagnosis and knew what was going on, what, what happened? Like, how were you interacting with people? I mean, I know you had shared a bit, um, with, with the people in your office right away, what was going on, but is that when started things kind of started to change for how you felt about yourself and reviewing what had happened? Like what was going on in the days following? Right. So immediately after getting diagnosed the very first thing that I did was reach out to all three of the partners that I had had um and explain the diagnosis I here's the kicker I don't know who I got it from wow it could have been any of the three of them yeah um two of them responded um one did not Hmm. so I will never know who I got it from um which was very hard for me to process at first. I don't know why that would have made it better. I think because if I knew for sure that it was the last guy, then I would know that I didn't endanger the guy before that. Right. Um, obviously the first guy, he's fine. So really, um, <laughs> he either he either gave it to me or didn't have it. So um, he it's really irrelevant. <laughs> he was the first one, so he's safe but the two after that I was worried about which was very nice of me because they did not give a rat's ass about me wow um so I let them know let them know to get tested I'd done my due diligence and then I could move on from that um it took me about three days of crying constantly and there were moments in each day where I felt like okay you know what we're gonna move forward this is gonna be fine but then you know it could be minutes later hours later I would break down all over again and I just I felt like doomed I felt like there is no coming back from this why would anybody ever want to date somebody with herpes like of course it's a risk everybody knows that having sex and maybe you don't but that's a risk that comes with having sex but why would you want to have sex with somebody that you know has herpes like that seems just stupid I wouldn't you know if it was me, I wouldn't. Um, so I really, I just, I felt broken. I felt like uh, I had lost value. Mm. I had lost part of any appeal that, that I had was gone. Um, and that coworker, Tara, she really made a point to reassure me that my life was not over, that many people have herpes, you're going to be just fine. And my friend, Rachel, (laughs) she sent me a text and she was like, I'm going to become a herpes advocate. (laughs) 
she, she was like i'm gonna learn everything there is to learn about Aww. this you are so supported i am you're not alone in this you know um it's not the worst thing that can happen to a person and yep. you're allowed to feel everything that you're feeling but your life will move on and she literally checked in on me every single day for at least a month wow and yeah she would just be like how you doing today we don't have to talk about it but I just want to make sure that you're not balled up in your bed alone which I was so, yeah um she she really was the greatest um and I think the last part of that grieving process for me I obviously I not obviously but I've been in therapy since I was six so my first intuitive move after all of that was to tell my therapist we have a problem and (laughs) I need to process this so I began processing through therapy um but after three days of having this diagnosis to myself what I really wanted was to tell my parents and be held and hugged and told that it was going to be okay yeah um I wanted that parental reassurance that I love you no matter what. Right. Um, so I went to visit my parents and I was not able to act normal. I thought that it was just a routine visit. I was just supposed to go and visit the puppy and, um, you know, just say hi. And I, I mean, I looked like I'd been crying for a year. Right. Um, I, was unable to carry on a normal conversation and my dad was like what is wrong with you and I was like uh I gotta tell you something but I'm really afraid of your reaction but I I just need support right now um I just found out that I have herpes and you would think that I was a gay man in the 80s that just found (laughs) out that he had AIDS and that it was a death sentence the way that my parents reacted my dad could not believe that I had been so promiscuous as to have three different partners in three consecutive months he was absolutely gobsmacked and to be fair my parents did not realize that I was even sexually active so I think that this came as a bit of a surprise to them (laughs) that first of all wow (laughs) she really got out there uh in all fairness it did it did come as quite a shock to them um my dad said my mom wasn't home yet and he was like well you need to tell mom so we waited for her to get home she did she went upstairs to change and as she was changing I sat on her bathroom floor and told her and um I was sobbing and she was very angry. Um, She could not believe that I had been so stupid as to have unprotected sex. She thought that she had taught me better than that. Um, And she said, and I quote, uh, well, it's not very ladylike and it doesn't show much self-respect. Oh, yeah. So that was, yeah, she's real good at those. Um, wow. And then she didn't talk to me for several days. And it was made clear that I was not welcome in their home. Um, I did talk to my dad three days after that conversation, uh, just saying, I feel very alone. Mom still won't talk to me. Um, 
do you still love me no matter what yeah and he said obviously I love you no matter what um this is all over text uh he said obviously I love you but you definitely should be feeling sad um through this and it's a effed up concept but this pain will foster change and growth for you not exactly the words of comfort that I was looking for but that's what I got um so my god I told Rachel immediately after the conversation I was like well that didn't go well and then I told her days later when my mom was still not talking to me and she said uh your mom and I are feuding (laughs) Mm, yeah we're we're not friends right now so I did not have them to lean on uh what did surprise me is my younger brother we are not very close but I felt so outcasted by my parents and he's the only person that knows my parents the same way that I do so I texted him and told him that I had been diagnosed with herpes um and I told him that mom and dad hadn't been talking to me um and he said I'm so sorry to hear that Meg is there something I can do to help Mm. I said that's kind of the thing there's actually no cure and he said I believe a very large portion of the population has herpes so that's not exactly comforting and I said yeah it's one in six um And he said, unfortunately, I don't have the experience to give advice in any capacity, but I do love you no matter what. Mm. Um, And he, (laughs) he said everything that you are supposed to say. He did exactly the correct thing in the way that he responded to me, that he made me feel that I was no different. Um, He validated, well, you know how our parents are, so. Mm-hmm. don't go to the hardware store expecting to buy some bread <laughs> right right, right. Um, mm-hmm. they are what they are yeah um and he said I'm really sorry that this happened to you Kate I love you just as much as before and it doesn't change the way I think about you mostly because I don't ever think about any of our <laughs> sex lives <laughs> <laughs> you are still you're still the same person as you were before you got your results back and scientific research has been advancing really quickly in the past decade so it's very likely that new studies could reap very promising results in the months and years to come oh oh that's great at least one one person could show up it's really it's so disheartening to hear like how your parents reacted, especially because like there was no acknowledgement from your mom of just how hard it is to speak up. Um, Like for so many women in V squads, like we just don't know, like no one is taught. We're really not given the tools to know how to speak up for what we want and what hurts or whatever um, during sex, specifically with men or P squad members. And so you know, the fact that it was all on you, um, like the fact that it literally was all on you and that you were the disappointment that you made a mistake. Whereas like, well, what about the person who had herpes? What about their mistake? You know, and, and they wouldn't even, they may not even have known 
um, that they had herpes, but like, you know, it's just really amazing to me to think like that that could cause such shame and anger in people um, when it's the exact opposite. It's like, it's as if they didn't even think that you already had that internal dialogue going on for yourself. Right. You know, and like, I mean, the thing that they were really hung up on was three partners in three months. How embarrassing that you don't even know where you got it. Wow which I know that (laughs) I already feel that I already know and feel all of those things I just needed you to give me a hug and tell me this makes me no different because in reality how will this ever affect you how will you will had I not told you you would never have known uh you I don't walk around with my genitals exposed so it's not really something that you're ever gonna see um I personally it's not my bag so I you'll never know you'll never know when I'm having an outbreak you'll never know uh when I'm having sex because I am not gonna call you and tell you so it does it is not a part of my life that will ever affect anybody else except for me and the person that I am sexually active with yeah those are the only people that will ever be involved so for anybody who receives some news that upsets them take a moment ask yourself why it's upsetting you uh because it's not about you right yeah you know absolutely so did that impact you and how you felt about the like did you kind of leave going like ugh, they're you know fuckers or did you did that impact you even more in terms of how you viewed yourself and like the confidence in yourself I felt like garbage I felt like uh okay my own parents are saying that now my worth has been degraded so it we're really this is really bad if they if they can't look at me and tell me that I'm still the same then I really am not the same luckily my beautiful wonderful angel of human therapist um really did help me process that piece of this will only affect you and the partner that you choose yeah so forget what anybody else has to say because it's not their business yeah mind mind your business you know so how long did it take for you to because you've got a boyfriend now so how long did it take for you to get back into the dating scene and what was that like like starting to think about like actually you know getting back onto the profile and doing it like what led you to that okay so a couple of things (laughs) okay okay <laughs> let me tell you um within a couple of days and just shortly after that interaction with my family I think that I honestly needed validation external validation uh, yeah. so I jumped right the fuck back on there really yeah and okay. just was like you know what let's get some boys to tell me that I'm cute um mm-hmm. and then you know <laughs> just just remind me that like I still got it I'm good I still got it so I let's see. So that was mid March. Um, and I did go on a couple of dates and I talked to a couple of boys and in the first conversation, um, on the phone or FaceTime each time I immediately disclosed, um, which I think was just a self-preservation tactic I didn't want to let myself develop feelings for somebody that was going to dismiss me so you know when it would get to the cute part of the conversation where it's like tell me a secret I'd be like I have herpes (laughs) (laughs) 
imagine yeah so it you know it did weed out a couple of people there was a guy that I'd had a like three hour long FaceTime with and it was it was a really great conversation and then the next day he um unadded me on Bumble whatever that is so I was like all right next one like that's fine you go you go right ahead sir you probably also have herpes (laughs) (laughs) um there are also people that think that a cold sore is not herpes and it is so right, right. the end you have herpes um but it was only one month after getting the diagnosis that I started talking to Dante really it was one month later oh my god almost exactly wow um I'd have to look at the calendar but I I don't think it was more than 30 days. Okay. Um, and Dante is the most wonderful human being that I have ever. God damn it. <laughs> He's calling me. It's Andrew, like he freaking tell knows. Him. Tell him. Hold on. Dante, we're on the Zoom call right now. Okay, bye. <laughs> I love you. Can you hang up now? Okay. (laughs) Think of the devil and he will appear. Oh my God. Uh, That's so funny. How embarrassing. (laughs) As I was saying (laughs) right before he presented himself, um, as an example, he is the most wonderful human being I have ever encountered he is truly the most um understanding tolerant gentle person that I've ever experienced and I I feel so lucky to be with him um I had to ask him in preparation for this I don't remember I know that I disclosed on our first date but I don't remember what I said I probably blacked out I probably right, right. just because I knew so this is just extra information but our first date was his first date ever oh my gosh so I was the first girl that he ever held hands with oh I was his first kiss um his first everything and also just as a side note what the fuck that he goes on Bumble for two seconds and gets a girlfriend <laughs> and I was on that thing for for at least six months so many duds so many I mean I got herpes out of it so <laughs> Bumble gives you herpes and, and he, a boyfriend after <laughs> please don't sue us Bumble yeah um yeah so like what the heck one swing and he's done um but I asked him do you remember what I said or what I told you and he said it was on the first date and that I said something to the effect of I have made decisions that I have to deal with the repercussions of and fuck it sounds like you killed someone I know (laughs) (laughs) I'm a murderer and I just think that you should know that yeah um so I I know that I said the words I have herpes because I also know that he said oh 
yeah same me too oh. and I was like I'm sorry what and he was like oh yeah I get cold sores like all the time pretty bad ones and I was like uh-huh um so you're that doesn't bother you and he was like I mean doesn't like doesn't everybody have herpes <laughs> and I was like wow um perks of dating somebody who's never dated anybody before <laughs> um so yeah he just um after disclosing it was honestly never a conversation he would only talk about it if I wanted to it's not something that he ever um really brought up we waited for a while before having sex and made sure that we used protection um but the reality is and he knows this that a condom is not going to 100% be effective in preventing it however this is a fun little herpes hack for you if you already have herpes of the same type certainly but I believe even if it's a different type in different areas so I have genital herpes Dante has oral herpes you cannot get it again so I cannot have both oral herpes and genital herpes oh really herpes hack number one so does that mean he can't get gen- in theory no he cannot I'm sure that there are outlying cases um and yeah, I would say it just uh, just if anyone is taking this, this is not like full medical advice. We are just not make doctors. Sure you, yeah, we're not doctors. We are not doctors. Just we make do not sure to be experts. Yeah. Um, please still use condoms and yeah. don't blame me if you get herpes again. Um, <laughs> but from what my doctors have shared with me, okay, you are not able to present herpes wow. sores in both places. Okay. So like because even though I have herpes the virus in my body I'm never going to get a cold sore because of it wow that's so fascinating it is because it like goes all through your body right like it's in it's in your body why does it just know I'm just supposed to be a genital herpes so I'll stay down here I can't yeah go up north it's like it's like I'm telling a kid like a a little kid wants to run away yeah we can run away but you can't cross the street right right (laughs) exactly it's like it just knows I don't know bodies are weird but okay, so um, he was pretty chilled out about it yeah especially when I explained that because I had already asked doctors many doctors at least four um about the process of disclosing about precautions and about herpes hacks that I could carry yeah. forward with me um and that was one of the ones that all of them said so the other thing that I did which uh, I think that you can provide these resources. Yeah, I can Maybe. put the resources on the show notes on my website. Great. Okay, great. Um, there is a website that I believe it is herpes.org.nz and it's the New Zealand Herpes Foundation. And oh my God, every resource under the sun that you could ever ask for that is so kindly written, so it's like it's matter of fact but also feels supportive there are pamphlets for every single situation that you could be in it's like herpes and pregnancy herpes and dating herpes and how to care for outbreaks herpes and all these different things um go to that website if you have any questions honestly cdc like dot your i's cross your t's 
go check out what they have to say, but use the New Zealand website. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So I'll put that in the show notes on the website, everyone. Please do. Um, and so another question, um, is what was your first breakout like while you were with Dante? Extremely emotional. Not that I didn't ever expect that I would have a herpes outbreak again, but it was about seven months after my first one. Okay. Wow. So Um, a good amount of time. Yeah. And I thought, not that I thought about it often because once I had been in a relationship and had not had outbreaks, I really did forget about it. Mm. Um, It was not something that came to the forefront of my mind constantly, but I guess I had always assumed that in being in a committed relationship with somebody who knows and accepts that I have herpes, that that was all that I really needed. And it shouldn't make me upset if I get one because he still loves me and still finds my value. What I didn't expect is all of the emotions to resurface with the outbreak. So when the sores came back, so did all of the feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I really isolated myself. I did not want to talk to him. I did not want to talk to anybody except for two of my friends that had helped me through the first time. Um, one was a friend from high school who knew me deeply then and knows me deeply now and knew how I processed. So I could say I had an outbreak and it is spinning me out. Like I you know, I'm acting like a freak and Dante doesn't know how to support me. Um, So I just need to talk to you about it because it's too hard for me. We were still, we'd only been dating at that point, six months. So it was hard for me to confide in kind of a new person. Yeah. Um, I really... It took me a few days to not feel worthless again. And it really didn't matter how many times he told me that he loved me and that I was no different and that this is just a part of our life now. It, I had to speak with my therapist and figure out why all of this was coming back. I thought I had already processed it. And she essentially told me that the outbreak is a physical representation of that trauma right right that emotional trauma yeah um it brought back also all of those memories of being with that guy that last guy right that didn't treat me well that made me feel unsafe that made me feel like an object um and when i was reviewing all of this with dante last night I don't remember having said this, but he told me that that in one of those conversations that week when I was, you know, sort of confiding in him through tears, I said, I wish I'd never had it and I I wish I'd waited for you. Oh, which just breaks my little heart. Like, past Kate, how sad. 
you know but it's it's valid that feeling is valid you know you find yeah. somebody that you love so much that treats you so well and you wonder why did I ever accept less yeah why did I ever accept less when I could have been receiving this mm-hmm. um, I, I think a lot of people feel that way I mean I, I think a lot of people I mean people's first times and the first few times like we, our families don't teach us and spend that time to like walk through what healthy relationships look like and sexual relationships look like And so, um, you have to go off and figure that out for yourself. And there really is no playbook on how to do that. So you made your decisions and they were the right decisions. You can regret them, but again, you don't know, you wouldn't know if you, if, even if you had waited, would, would it have been like the universe, like allowing Dante to cross your path or no. Right. And then if you had met Dante and you didn't have herpes, but he had herpes, would you have, would you have, you don't know, you don't know if, if you would have been like, never mind, you know? Right. Right. Um, I firmly believe in not regretting decisions that were right for you at the time that you made yeah. them. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I will not regret something that I wanted then. Yeah. Nor should um, you. And that's like this idea that like, women have to be the, they have to like bear all the shame. They have to bear everything. Right. Um, and you wanted to go have sex and you wanted to tap into your sexuality and you have an absolute right and you deserve that. So, um, that's just part of your journey. And now you're sharing your story and I'm really hoping people will will feel more grounded about it. I hope so. Because when the thing about a herpes diagnosis is the isolation that comes with it, because nobody talks about it openly. I have never met anybody else with genital herpes until I talked to my friend who had little to no reaction. And he was like, well, to me it's not a big deal because my dad has it so I'm very used to this but I want to validate for you the feelings that you're having right while also saying you're gonna be just fine right right um but that was interesting to talk to him about his parents relationship they've been married for over 30 years and his mom has never contracted herpes amazing which I think is fascinating. Um, yeah, well, you know, my mom, she um, had a boyfriend for a few years and he has herpes. And really? she never, yeah, she never contracted it. Um, they always wore a condom, but mm-hmm. um, no, she never contracted it. And she was just fine. I mean, he disclosed it and she's like, okay. Right. So I think, you know, it's either like there's this huge stigma around it or there's like this lackadaisical, like, yeah, cool, whatever it happens. So how has your sex life uh, had to adapt? What would you, what is, is there anything different about your, your sex life um, having herpes than someone who doesn't have herpes? So this was another thing that I discussed with Dante. (laughs) I was like, Hey, uh, do you think that our sex life has changed because of it. And he was like, no, (laughs) which is not necessarily what I recommend to everybody. But 
when everybody in the relationship has herpes, yeah. you can have, you can make the decision together to not take necessarily the same precautions that you okay. would. Um, so, so does Dante wear a condom when you guys are having sex or do you? 99% or, of the time, yes. Okay. 99% of the time, yes. But um, for example, during foreplay, there's no condom. Yeah. There's no condom until penetration occurs. Right. Um, so I'm, you know, his hands are touching my pieces and my pieces are touching his hands and all of the above. So, the, I mean, oral happens with no dental dam. That's something, yeah. that's an idea that we had floated. Um, and honestly, we had a very difficult time locating it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that for listeners, if you can't find a dental dam, like, so if you don't know what a dental dam is, it's essentially like a very thin piece, piece of latex cloth. It's like, it just looks like a, like a rectangle. It's and like it's, a rectangle condom. Yeah. And it stretches over the vulva so that you can then perform oral. Um, and so there's a barrier between your tongue and the vulva um, that you're licking and it I'm, I'm told that it feels pretty similar, but I mean, I'm not sure, but another thing you could do if you don't have a dental dam is to, um, you can cut a condom and make makeshift one. So, and we floated the idea. I mean, it was mostly a joke, but we were like, well, I've got some Ziplocs, you know, (laughs) (laughs) some saran wrap. Yeah. We could just cut off a piece of saran wrap and try that out today, hun. (laughs) Right. We did actually, we got to the point of cutting a condom open. Okay. And we're like, you know, I don't want to do this. And he was like, yeah, I don't really, um, this is not for me. Okay. I'm, I feel safe. I know that 1% of him is scared that he sure. will end up contracting it. Absolutely. And anytime that there is any sexual interaction that is not protected, I think that that 1% of him has his fear reactivated. Um, but he also knows that this is a decision that he's made we plan on being together for the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. so um he he was like I mean I obviously don't want it I have enough health problems (laughs) but um it's just part of it comes with the territory and it's something that we have both um discussed many many times and we check in about it every so often to make sure yeah. that he's still comfortable. I already have it. So I'm, you know, I'm scot-free. It's this, right. I, it is what it is for me, Right. but for him, he does have the option. And early on, I, I remember asking him, you know, are you, are you sure that you really want to do this for the rest of your life? Are you sure that you really want to do this in this relationship? Because there are other people who do not have herpes who are available to you. You could try that. And every time he was like, you're being disrespectful. <laughs> like Aww. I can make my own choices. That's really uh, sweet. Yeah. So, I mean, check in, check in with your partner. Certainly. Um, I just locked out and got a herpes buddy right away. So right. He was the, he is and was the only person that I slept with after being diagnosed. Okay. Well, I think that answers, like we had a lot of questions, um, on Instagram, kind of like what cautions do you need, need or should be taken when having oral sex? Um, mm. So we've covered that. And um, 
one of the questions we have is how can you have a casual sex sex life living with herpes? Do you think that's doable? I do think I do think that it's definitely possible. Um, I just think that disclosure is the most important part of that, giving everybody the option to decide for themselves. Yeah. And how often like well one of the questions here from instagram is how often do you have break breakouts and does anything trigger them so i have had four outbreaks total um the very first the one that was six months into dating dante and i oddly enough nell brings out some really special things with me including two minor herpes outbreaks so during the time so sorry (laughs) she works magic guys um during the time that we had had between the time that we'd had our i was gonna say i feel like you need to give like a background to that but then i realized you were already about to you were in the middle of doing that well (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, let me clarify what I mean really quickly now we had three sessions and uh between the first and second session I had a very minor outbreak I had just a single herpy um I don't know if that is the technical term for a single sort <laughs> her pie um he's he's just a little herpy doing his best um so I had one he only lasted for like a day or two process that with Nell um, in another session, processed how that was making me feel, um, just how having herpes probably changed my relationship to my vulva. Um, I will say that I never really did a whole lot of inspection prior to having herpes. I did not frequently check myself out with a mirror or really become familiar. so early on in one session with Nell, she on her hand drew a vagina and a vulva and a clitoris and told me, can you do this on your hand, but make it look like yours? And I did. And I was wrong <laughs> because I placed my clitoris far to <laughs> north of where it was. And after this little baby herpy appeared, had me it forced me to grab a mirror and check out where he was what he was doing and it was then that I realized oh no my clitoris is actually much farther south (laughs) (laughs) so um discoveries everybody who discovers so much about yourself with now sign up today (laughs) um thanks you're so welcome that's great thank you (laughs) Uh, just a little product placement for your podcast um yeah so we processed that and um I had a lot of hang-ups about touching my own vulva I did not I have never been interested in masturbation prior to working with Nell which once again she's a magician um but I don't know that I had connected that having herpes probably added to that feeling of not wanting to uh, even put my fingers on my own vulva to move it around so that I could see where all the pieces are. It just, uh, it's just something that I hadn't processed prior to working with Nell. So 
um that was the first herpes that Nell gave me (laughs) (laughs) after that supplementary (laughs) your first one is free um (laughs) the second one baby herpes that appeared was just a day before my second year anniversary with Dante um which I also told Nell about and was like would wouldn't you know it (laughs) caught only I've only had four outbreaks in this process and two of them have been with you so yeah this is special for all of us do you think Uh, that it because you had mentioned like the um your therapist was it your therapist you said is like that it's bringing all the internal stuff out um do you think like by starting sessions and kind of having to come face to face with a lot of things you were holding down that's kind of released some of the stress but that it manifested physically for a bit it's very possible the for me stress absolutely triggers outbreaks um but that's another one of those fun parts of herpes is that there really isn't any rhyme or reason to when they appear you could be having an absolutely stress-free life and one just happens to appear and it could be something in your body that triggers it it could be for no reason they're not very polite they don't really rsvp they kind of just appear um (laughs) so yeah i i do try to manage my stress levels um consciously just to you know not give it that to build off of but yeah it's it's very possible that just having um compacted emotional work um over the course of a couple weeks could have you know manifested itself physically I don't know and unfortunately there isn't really a ton that I do to try to prevent them um other than just if I feel like I'm getting stressed that's enough of an incentive for me to uh, relax right you know is like you know what this is going to be a whole hell of a lot more painful if you don't take a damn breath lady so my last very important question for you is what would you tell your younger self about this whole process when she had just found out she had herpes what would you want her to know about her future both pertaining to herpes and not I often wish that I could go back and hug little Kate and tell her you've got far too much anxiety for a person who has as much going for you as you do Mm, um obviously I'm okay I am in a successful and loving relationship um with a man I could not have even dreamed of is truly the greatest blessing um, of my life and that happened when it was supposed to with the circumstances it was supposed to um so the number one thing that I would tell 23 year old Kate is you are still worthy of love and of affection and of respect from others but primarily from yourself Mm. that's amazing thanks that's good advice thanks i paid a lot of money in therapy to get there (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh well thank you so much for being on and sharing everything that you went through and what what the experience has been like um i know it's hard for some people to share their journey but 
I know like um, it was really important for me to have this sequential kind of like, you know, the step-by-step play of everything because when I thought I had herpes, I was looking actively looking for podcasts and resources and I found it really hard to find the step-by-step, like when you first get it, how you're feeling, then what's the next step? And then what's the next step? Usually people were just kind of giving herpes advice on podcasts. And I really wanted more like a whole well-rounded picture. And so I'm really so thankful that you could be part of doing that for so many people. Um, And that it takes away the fear when people can literally look down the line and see what their life can be like. Um, So thank you for, for being on here today. Thank you for inviting me and for anybody that's listening and has gotten a recent diagnosis, as with any health issue, mental or physical, talking about it takes the power out of it. It puts the power back in your hands. So um, if you have got a friend that you can talk to, do that. If you can talk to a therapist, do that. And if you don't have those options, I know somebody you can talk to, and that is the angel of all angels sweet <laughs> Nell Walker Imagine so check out else and I was like laughing like, thank the you angel so much and then you're angels. like Paula Dean. <laughs> Paula Dean they've got a lot in common thank you that's so sweet well thank you I love it I love it and I love you and I love you and uh, just let everyone else know, please do not start video calling me on Instagram. This was a it's very, not respectful. <laughs> Kate is the exception, not the rule. So I will not be answering um, <laughs> random video calls from people now that they probably should have well, left that out. Or maybe we'll just take it as a cautionary tale. Don't do that to people. Okay. It's weird. <laughs> it rarely Our... is going to work out in your favor. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> So um, I will, for all of you listening who want the CDC um, uh, resources from um, New Zealand and non-New Zealand, I will put that in. <laughs> I will put that into the show notes on my website under podcast in the menu. Some of you, um, some of you have reached out um, wanting to know like where things are on the website, and I don't. I sometimes I wonder if people know what a menu is on a website. <laughs> There's a menu and you hit the word that you want. Um, Anyway, so I put that into the show notes. And if you guys are interested in um, setting up a session with me, you can head to nailthepleasurecoach.com and set up a session there.